back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. I feel like it's been longer than a week. It does feel longer than a week. This The 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 last week of August has just really dragged by for me. I don't know about you guys. Uh, also with us is indie games editor, Campbell Gill. It feels like it's been even longer since we last had a Nintendo Direct. So, <sighs> you know, it is September. <laughs> <laughs> It is that time of year, of course, where we all anticipate a September Nintendo Direct. How, how? What do we think? Is there any stock in this rumor, guys? I feel like I just saw this rumor like yesterday. I don't know. Of course there is. There's when historical there stock. Direct? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happens every September. Yeah. It's the, 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 annual, the annual Direct. Uh, I guess... I don't know, man. I feel, like we, I feel like we got a lot of information in the last one, um, which was not... Didn't, wasn't that long ago, unless unless I'm losing my mind. It was at I'm, E3, so that wasn't too long ago. But I, I think we are confused, I'm confusing it with the Indie Direct. Yeah, we did get a ton of information in the Indie Direct, which That's for me saying. was just as exciting as a, a flagship Direct. Uh, it was just as exciting, if not more exciting, than mm-hmm. the E3 uh, presentation. I think we all agreed on that during during when we recorded mm-hmm. talking about that episode. Oh, that's a good um, point. That the indie direct also just happened. Usually, it just happened. Indie directs follow that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think so. About I don't know. That. If if they do have a Nintendo direct, I guess we can anticipate a lot of like even more in depth Metroid Dread news. Um, what else? What else could possibly be? I, I guess there's another rumor floating around about the potential of everybody's favorite handheld system. <laughs> having some sort of some sort of switch presence. Of course, we are referring to the Game Boy Color and Game Boy family of systems potentially getting some kind of a Nintendo Switch Online functionality. I can tell you, uh, it's not going to come out. <sighs> we, we're not going to get Pokemon, and we're not right. going to get Tetris, and we're also not going to get Mother Three. Just <laughs> putting that just, out there. Just well, put it. Just, well, that's <laughs> beyond. Yeah, that's beyond Game Boy Color, but you know. Yeah, that's still, Does that make well a difference? Just, yeah, yeah, you still might as well just put the knife in the wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just keep <laughs> twisting the knife. Just pour some lemon juice in that in that wound. I'll sprinkle a little salt on top of it, and just make us feel really great. Of course, Metroid Dread coming up in two, two less than what two months? A month? Six weeks? Yeah, like six weeks. Something now. like that. Yeah, we're pretty pretty close on Metroid Dread. So you know what would be great would be the ability to play Metroid Fusion right before. Oh, but of Cameron, course, that would be too I'm, good. It'd be why too are you, good. Why are you saying We're that? leaning towards uh, the GBA now, and the rumor is just Game Metroid Boy, Game Samus, Boy Color. Samus um, Returns. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. Don't you mean Metroid the Return two. of Samus? The Metroid 2, the Return of Samus, Samus. yes. yes. The, the, the original Game Boy black and white version. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even black and white, that, that green, that sickly green uh, mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, guys, I don't know, like... I think it would be good if we got, like, if we could get, like, hey, here, here's the the 30 best Game Boy games that were released in, in Japan and in the U.S. Like, that would be awesome. That would be undoubtedly well, there's, awesome. There's a lot of great Game Boy games. A lot of great I mean, Game I'd Boy games. I'd love to have Super Mario Land. Would love to have Mario Land. Would love to have Wario like Land. a 30-minute game, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mario Land too. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, I think, actually, that's already on the Switch online. Yoshi's Cookie is on the Switch already. Uh, mm. But it, there's a plenty of games that I would that I would love to to have access to, like even just you know for people who didn't get you know the Shantae Switch version, like yeah, give them give them Shantae from Game Boy Color, like why not? But come on, we all just want Game Boy Advance, please, please Nintendo. We do, <laughs> and that's exactly why I think that Game Boy Color and Game Boy are the ones that we're going to get on Switch Online. We're not going to see GBA until yeah. a year from now when everybody's Switch Online subscriptions are starting to expire. So exactly. then they're like, hey, we've got GBA games. Please give us $20 more. Give them one more reason to to sign back up. It's, um, it is the endless cycle of frustration that we live in as Nintendo fans. 
That said, if they so do much have a negativity Nintendo... this episode. That's the thing. I know we're starting off cynical, guys. I don't mean to. I don't I mean to start Game off Boy. cynical. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be interesting though. So, the last, I would say, the last year, I feel like there have been a lot of Game Boy ports for Switch. Like we saw the Shantae release, we saw the uh, collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legends. That was last uh, winter, three classic Game Boy games. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder if there would be much of a purpose to bringing, like outside of, you know, Super Mario Land and original Tetris and, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue. I, I, I don't see much of a reason unless they, you know, blow us all away and, and give us <sighs> Pokemon Gold and Silver and Crystal. Wouldn't that be something? I just don't see it That's happening. That's never going to happen. I mean, <laughs> there, also so wasn't, like... there also wasn't much of a reason for Nintendo to give us Claymates on the Super Nintendo online. So Everyone's that's not going to stop them from playing out they more random Game Boy games. They had all the reasons, Campbell. They had all the reasons. What was the reason? Give me one good one. Just to piss you off. <laughs> okay, that's a very good reason. Just you specifically, Campbell. Yeah. They're trying to get me out of their office. They're trying to just piss me they off. They saw you in the box, out of there. and they were like, we got to get this pest out of here. And then they threw him playmates, and well, they called it a day. It ain't working, man. I'm too stubborn. Next, oh they're going to sprinkle you with some other horrible NES game. That sounds like yeah, a disgusting is... recipe now. You're sprinkling <laughs> me with NES games? Yeah, man. well, they're, they're going to grind it up and, and out of like a pepper shaker, you know, like... <laughs> I mean, uh, would that be too bad though? Because I'm pretty sure NES cartridges taste better than Switch cartridges. So uh, <laughs> that's a great point. Um, that said, let's 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 drill down here. Uh, if there is a direct this month, what are we hoping to see besides like? Okay, obviously there's going to be some kind of a Metroid gameplay. You know, a couple of minutes devoted to Metroid. What are we? What do we hope for? Like maybe more in-depth look at Advance Wars. Like what? What do we think? I think we'll see some games. No Ooh. way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't think of anything. Handful. I think what we ten. will get is probably maybe a, a gameplay reveal or deep dive into Mario and Rabbids 2. Um, oh, sure. I forgot that also, more of a deep dive, like you mentioned, Cameron, into Advance Wars, because we've mm-hmm. gotten tons and tons and tons of Metroid Dread content and plenty of WarioWare stuff, but outside of that, we haven't gotten too many details about a lot of games coming later this year or early 2022. So we can talk about yeah. the games I just mentioned. There's also Pokemon Legends Arceus. I could see them showing off more gameplay of that. Um, and I'm sure there's some like third-party ports, maybe even a third-party exclusive, maybe an update on Project Triangle strategy as well. Ugh. There are plenty of games in the pipeline that we haven't heard about in a while. It's true. Well, and and lest we forget, it is the 35th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda this year. So who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll just to just to make it really fun, maybe they'll finally drop a little more something something about Breath of the Wild 2. Wouldn't that be something? It would be something, which is why it won't happen. Not to be pessimistic again, but I think that if we get anything, we'll get another look at the Zelda Game & Watch. Just to show it off. I I do have that pre-ordered. I'm actually very excited about that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it looks legitimately awesome. I meant to say it. I just got those Zelda Joy-Cons. So so, jealous. Yeah, they're so nice. They look better better than I... Even better than I imagined. Now, Mark, the question. Do they fix Joy-Con drift? I heard some rumblings about these controllers apparently not having those issues. They they better not have them because I just spent a good chunk of cash. (laughs) (laughs) If they do, Target is going to get a nasty customer in the morning. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you won't find out for like six or eight months, right? After uh, really really Mm -hmm. heavy use. Um, Yeah, those Joy-Cons look awesome. I I can't imagine we'll be getting more Zelda news this year, but I do have, you know, now that we've said it out loud, it's like, ah, uh, I have hope. Which, why would I do that to myself? Um, it's my own damn So fault. we could take it away from you. It's what this podcast is all about, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know if I put a lot of stock into the rumor about Game Boy games coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Where, where did that rumor even come from? Did you guys source that from anything? Or was it just like, uh, a Reddit, there like was... the Reddit thing of the day? No, no, it was from this leaker named Nate Drake, and he said it, and then Nintendo Life backed it up by saying their sources said it was real, except, I don't know, if you if you just, you know, it, that, that could be total BS, you know? Like, you can't just yeah. say, oh, it's, you know, we're going to back it up, we have sources too. Like, all right. 
I mean, I'll, if it happens. <laughs> I'll just say that I've been expecting this for two years now anyway, regardless oh, of the yeah, rumors, yeah, because they added, yeah. they added Super Nintendo Online a year after the launch of NES Online, right? So it only made sense to assume that they would be adding one console a year at that point, right. conveniently think, landing yeah. in September, like I mentioned, to keep people renewing their subscriptions. So I feel like it's overdue at this point anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting Game Boy over... Um, Nintendo 64 and it's just because mm-hmm. I feel like it's the more obvious one to do first I guess I guess so because well, because they, they are kind of touting it as like oh it's legacy games it's you know what I mean it's not like I don't know because I, I feel like the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube it's like it's like a little too recent and and that's when they start getting into, into trouble with um like licensing stuff like that and I feel like there's maybe less of those issues on the Game Boy I, I could be wrong Probably. Uh, but, of course, that's all all speculation. Um, I don't know, guys. I I would love to see Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2. Obviously, we talked about Wario Land. Kirby got his debut on the Game Boy, lest we forget. Mm-hmm. Kirby's, uh, Dream Kirby's Dream Land. Um, so there's, I don't know, there's, there's potential there. But yeah. I, I don't know. There's also the Zelda Oracle games as well, yeah, which I never oh, actually... But those are, but those are those, so. Capcom. Cap, they're licensed by Capcom. Well, are they? They yeah, were yeah, developed by Capcom, but doesn't Nintendo, Capcom. doesn't Nintendo own the rights to it, though? Yeah, and they've never done anything with them. I thought they... Um, didn't they release them on the 3DS, or am I did. making that they, up? No, okay. no, they were on 3DS, yeah. Yeah, they're on they 3DS, but with, with nothing new in them, just like the same, they just ported them over. Right. You know, they do have Capcom, Capcom games on Super Nintendo Online. We've got Breath of Fire, Breath of Fire mm. 2. I could see Nintendo shelling out the cash just to say, hey, we have these somewhat obscure zelda games that not many right. people have played these days that would be True. a great Call, incentive it'd be a great 35th anniversary present for zelda i, I, I agree i'm surprised really you never would, played yeah. them campbell they're really good yeah it's just because um, i've not a huge game boy guy really so True. um yeah yeah honestly i grew up with the original game boy it was the first the first few games well we talked about this when jason was on the podcast but um mm-hmm. the first game i ever owned was uh, the bootleg Mario cartridge, which claimed to have like X amount of games and it only had like three. But um, the Game Boy's library of exclusives that you would want to play nowadays isn't that big, you know? It's that's 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 the thing that gives me pause as to like, you know, getting excited about this um, this this potential announcement. I'm, I don't know. I'm, sc- I'm scrolling through right now and there's legitimately not much that I'm like, oh my god, like like I can't think of. 15 games you know what i mean yeah, unless, me get, was, you know what I mean? unless you're digging that. deep i mean and obviously mm-hmm. there's like a ton of stuff um in japan yeah, that never got released. pokemon pinball you know well right but it but i don't know i just i just don't see it because so much of it was the form factor of the game boy yeah that's like, it. like that, i was about to say kirby tilt and tumble you can't even bring over right and unless like the, you, and like the rework it, you know you'd have to completely rework everything or like you'd have to deal with weird borders all the time mm-hmm. um the collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend had an interesting solution to this where you could play it with the Switch. I can't see my hands right now, but you could play it with the Switch turned vertically if you had it in handheld mm-hmm. mode. And the screen being a touchscreen, you could use the touchscreen as, you know, up, down, left, right, A and B. You didn't have to play it like that way, but it was just an, a great way to kind of get that that form factor of the, uh, you know, the, hor- the uh, you know, horizontal rectangular mm-hmm. shape. Um, I do think if they bring over Game Boy, they should honestly just, like, bundle GBA, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy all together on one yeah. package. But that, but that's the tricky part, is because the GBA has such a deep library. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Like, an unbelievably deep library of just hit after hit after hit that, like, there's absolutely no chance that Nintendo... <laughs> I, just, I just don't see it ever happening. Me um yeah, it's just it's just too much, too much good stuff uh, for the for the value, um, or or you know what it is? They'll announce it and they'll be like, oh, now Nintendo Switch Online is, f- you know, fifty dollars a year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. That said, who knows? I would love to be proven wrong. I would, I you know, like we've we've been very cynical so far on this on this podcast. But hey, if Nintendo wants to throw us more stuff into that Nintendo Switch Online subscription, I'm all for it. Like I'm always looking to to add more value to that subscription. So like, mm-hmm. why not? Let's, let's bring it over. Um, 
And if there's a, you know, if there's a nice direct, you know, I wouldn't be mad at a little Breath of the Wild 2 information, Nintendo, if you're listening. So, or they uh, could bring over Mole Mania and Kid Icarus 2 to the mm. you know, Switch Online. I would <laughs> be sold right then. <laughs> Mole Mania, there you go. Mole Game Mania. of the year. Kid yeah. Icarus <laughs> Mix and Monsters. Everyone, everybody the, played that one. The the deep cuts. That's that's what we're all hoping for. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a little a little break after our our wild speculation about what could come next. We're gonna come come back and talk about a little uh, a little guy named Goichi Suda, aka Suda Five One, because Campbell and I have been playing a little bit of No More Heroes. So we're gonna take a quick break and come right back. So stay tuned. back so Campbell has been playing a little game called No More Heroes Uh, I have been playing a little game called No More Heroes 3 first of all crazy games (laughs) I think we should just uh, if if anybody listening to this podcast is unfamiliar with the No More Heroes series uh, you should check them out these games are wild Um, but the reason I thought it might be an interesting segment to the podcast was to talk a little bit about Kind of the the idea of the singular creator, uh, the the guy who came up with No More Heroes, is named uh, Goichi Suda, aka Suda Five One is kind of his game developer name. The head of Grasshopper Manufacturer, the develop the developer of No More Heroes and and of course No More Heroes Three. He's a he has a designer with a very specific sensibility, but he's not the only one that Nintendo has you know, attracted. Like, Nintendo has a ton of these. Obviously, Miyamoto, um, the the guy who created, uh, you know, Super Smash Brothers, obviously, um, whose name I'm blanking on right now. It's embarrassing. I think you're talking about um, Masahiro Sakurai? Daddy I'm Sakurai? Sakurai? Of course, Sakurai. How could I forget? Uh, Sakurai. Um, there's, like, Nintendo, I feel like, attracts these, these personalities um, or cultivates them, perhaps. Now, Suda is not a... He's not like a uh, he's not a Nintendo guy, but it is interesting. Uh, Campbell pointed this out off 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 mic, but it's interesting that No More Heroes was developed for the Wii, specifically for the Wii, uh, and has since been ported to the Switch. I think there's a Steam version too. Am I insane? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like since been ported to other systems, but it originally came out just for the Wii and was successful enough to have a sequel, two sequels, and a spinoff called Travis Strikes Again, which was also exclusive to the Switch. Um, at least for a time. So I guess I guess I should ask you, Campbell, what do you think of No More Heroes Three? I know you're not that far in it, but what's what are your what are your you know high level thoughts? I mean, the whole well, time no more I've been one, playing it, say, yeah, sorry. No More Heroes One. The whole time I've been playing it, there's just this thought in the back of my head, just being like, this game came out on the Wii, really? Because <laughs> it's so unlike any game that's on the Wii. Like it falls into the genre of these few hyper violent edgy games that were like how we're on this edgy on this kids console we're breaking the norm right but even outside that novelty factor no more heroes has such a sense of of style and intense satire to it i love how much 
Travis Touchdown is portrayed as this creepy anime fan, right? And um, but and pokes at anime culture at um, oh, yeah. otaku he, culture. Really? Yeah, he is. There's one of the opening <laughs> cutscenes is literally where he goes up to a poster of his favorite anime girls and just goes moe on it, <laughs> <laughs> and then he yes. he ends up in the assassin ranking and um he ends up trying to kill all the assassins because he meets this girl and asks if he gets to number one will you do it with me and that's his only motivation really to go in and kill everybody and in addition to all that whenever you do a boss battle of one of the ranking assassins you have this really deep philosophical conversation with them where right before you fight and kill them you start talking about about life about mortality about what it means to kill people and about what it means to try and just get what you want out of an inherently unfair world there's this really memorable uh one of the second the second boss fight i believe is where you're fighting this guy in a a baseball stadium and he's singing a song to an empty stadium and then when travis shows up and he starts talking to him the assassin never looks at him and he talks into the mic as if he's addressing this audience and as he's doing so it's like he's reflecting on his own hopes and vain dreams of glory you know so there's all of that and then you contrast that kind of those philosophical undertones with so many sex jokes and anime jokes and uh, satire of otaku culture it's this constant push and pull of many different and uh, weird veins of, yeah. of what suda 51 is going for but it yeah. meshes into something that's so so unpredictable and exciting i'm really it's, loving it's, it it's uh it's extremely meta um mm-hmm. i'm yeah. playing i'm playing the I, i'll try not to spoil anything in the third game because if you're a fan of the series then you like might actually care about some of the stuff that happens in the third game but in the, in the third game, there are extremely meta jokes. Like, there's a character who'll be like, hey, listen, it's the it's the third game in the series. Like, what are you still doing here? Like, people will, will, will be that explicit. They will literally turn to the camera and be like, I can't believe you're playing this shit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's wild. Um, Suda is a, an interesting guy. He's a super punk rock. He has often been compared to Quentin Tarantino. Uh, like... And I think not not incorrectly often called the the Tarantino of video games. Um, just a, a lot of his stuff is homage. A lot of his stuff is references to other things. He loves to talk about uh, like Suda, the developer, through his characters such as Travis and you know and other you know other other characters and other games that he's made. Loves to drop like like oh man, I watched this Takashi Miike film. Uh, I loved to, to, you know, like he'll he'll reference rock and roll bands. He'll reference like specific places in Japan that he loves to go to, like bars and stuff like that. Where it's like, what are you talking about, dude? It's awesome. Um, it's extremely unique. It feels like you get to know this guy through his games, which is, I think, very cool. Um, the interesting part, though, is are the games actually fun? Are they, like, good to play? Uh, we talked a little bit about the spinoff game in the series called Travis Strikes Again, which came out, oh, I want to say January 2020, about a year and a half ago, a little longer. Um, maybe February 2020, somewhere in there. and No, even longer ago. I think it was 2019. Like, yeah, January 2019. Yeah. yeah, 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 a couple years ago. It basically... A, basically a proof of concept for no more heroes three and it's a weird weird experimental game i've played i don't know maybe three quarters of it i can't say whether or not it's like a super great game it's hard it's obtuse it's often frustrating that said it's extremely compelling very interesting I don't know, uh, Campbell. I gotta ask, why? What drove you to pick up No More Heroes? Was it just something you, something in the backlog, and you were like, I need something new to play? Or was there a reason you're playing it? Yeah, it was. It's something I've really wanted to try out for so long because ever since from the when the Nintendo Switch was announced, actually at the big Switch event where Suda Fifty One came up and announced 
basically announced Trevor Strikes again, and then the translator couldn't interpret what he was saying. I had no idea what was going on there, but I saw people in the chat freaking out, like, oh my gosh, it's Suda51, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, so I looked it up, I saw about the cult following that the games have had, and I really wanted to just see what all the buzz was about. So I've been meaning to get to it for a while, and then seeing No More Heroes 3 recently come out, I wanted to actually get into the series myself and actually see what what was going on so that's why i picked up the first game just to get started with it after that that's translator awesome. had a meltdown after oh, so sad. came out on stage and screamed mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah hey oh that didn't go very well hi everyone i'm suda 51 from grasshopper so, today I'd like to start, um, I've, I've been invited to come to this event and I'd like to talk about uh, one of the games that I worked on. Uh, do, do you all remember the one guy from Santa Destroy who was born out of a tag team between Marvelous and Grasshopper? That's right, Travis Touchdown. He'll be making his return on Nintendo Switch. Could you show the illustration, please? Golden moment. It felt so bad for the guy, but yeah, as we've as we've covered before, it's so hard to do simultaneous translation, um, and I can almost guarantee you that that translating for Suda would be like I bet he, I guarantee you that man talks in like whatever the equivalent of slang is. You know what I mean? Oh I yeah. Is, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So I imagine for a translator, it would be extremely difficult to to keep up. And I bet he talks really fast too. Like I don't know. That's just the the, the vibe I get from him. Um, an interesting guy, an interesting man. There's other other games of his that I would love to see ported to Switch. Like obviously we've got the the, the entirety of the No More Heroes series is available on Switch right now. Uh, the first one, the second one, Travis Strikes Again, and of course the recently released No More Heroes 3, which I think Brent is reviewing for the site. I could be wrong. Um, uh, Daniel is reviewing. Oh, Dan Daniel is reviewing. Even better. Great. Awesome. Um, yeah, Even so better. I'm sure he'll have some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Just oh, God, no, Brent, I love you. Like that? I would never. Didn't I would never. put them on a kind of slander, slander <laughs> a very, games editor? You know yeah. what? A very Suda thing to do would be like, honestly, like, fuck this guy. Like, no, uh, no Brent's great. We love, we love Brent. Um, but that's great that, that Daniel's reviewing that. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that uh, review on the site. Um, again, I haven't beaten the game yet. I'm just cruising through it on easy because I just, I'm genuinely interested in seeing the, just kind of the story and the style more so than like engaging in the difficult gameplay because the, the, it's, it's a, it's like a third person action adventure game. I would call it a character action game. There's combat, there's combos to master. You have a beam katana, basically a lightsaber that you smash enemies with. Um, the combat can be kind of fiddly. It's it's difficult. There's like dodges to time. Timing is really weird. Um, it like battles are ranked kind of like a Devil May Cry game. So to get good at the combat's kind of hard. And I was like, ah, I'm just gonna put it on easy mode and just cruise through it, just because I just want to see what's gonna happen next. And again, no spoilers, but so far in my time with No More Heroes three. Um, I have seen a like a noir uh, scene play out at a ramen bar where two characters kind of talk about like ah oh, like so like again kind of that high minded discussion of morality uh, play out over at a bar. I've seen a deadly game of musical chairs that lasted a really long time um, and ended in somebody's head exploding. Uh, I've seen an alien the size of a planet uh, try to devour me. It, it, listen, this game's wild, but I, I don't want to get frustrated with it, so I'm just cruising through it on easy mode. So I don't know. If you're at all interested in game design or game development, I do recommend playing these games, if only to see like the, the extents of what one person can come up with and how he gets his team to execute on his ideas, which are truly truly wild um so Campbell I hope you stick with it I'm, I'm curious to see what you what you think of it there's some, there's some stuff at the end of that game that's like even crazier than than you can imagine nice um, I'm looking forward to that um, yeah 
one thing I wanted to ask, actually, about No More Heroes 3 is, in my time with the original game, I've encountered one of the series hallmarks being the the odd jobs system, where you're, between oh, yeah. the assassin battles, you have to go around town and just do these really drab, mundane mini games oh, yeah. like mowing lawns, picking mowing up lawns. coconuts, you know, mowing doing lawns is back, yeah, exactly. Um, and those those sections aren't nearly as fun as the combat, as the boss battles. Those yeah. are the main attractions, and they're not really that enjoyable to play through. But I recognize yeah. that they're part of the main conceit of the game you know they're supposed to be tedious it's satire um so i want to ask how are those handled in no more heroes 3 i know they're oh, back they're, they're still are they still there. fun so, or are they still drab I mean, were they like were they well that's the thing were they ever fun i have no idea at times but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so in case we haven't made it clear that kind of the as campbell alluded to the, the conceit of of no more heroes 1 is that you're trying to climb the ranks of being an assassin. And the way you do that is you enter into ranked battles. And the way you enter into ranked battles is you scrape up enough cash to shell out the entrance fee. Uh, a similar conceit is present in No More Heroes 3. Again, not giving away the story, but there are, there are once again, ranked battles to climb. And you, you have to earn money to get into those battles uh, to pay the entrance fee. So, yeah... You're mowing lawns, you're picking up trash, you're defending the beach from giant alligators that rise up out of the sea. Just normal, everyday stuff. Like, I don't understand what the issue is. Yeah, that's um, very normal. That was my summer <laughs> job, actually. Uh, of yeah, and of course you do that by by riding in a tank and shooting giant shells out of them as these kaiju-sized alligators to rise out of the ocean. Um, that is also what your summer job is in Texas. We all have tanks. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just Texas things. <laughs> Just normal <laughs> Texas things. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're still present. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Y you can kind of engage with them as much or as little as you want to. Like I never had any issue raising enough money to get into the into the uh, into the boss battles, um, and I've done maybe five of them. I think there are nine or ten. Um, and, and but again, I'm, I'm playing it on easy, so that maybe that's mitigated by by putting it on an easier mode. I, I feel like I always have enough money, like this, through normal everyday battles that I'm earning enough to to get into these things. Um, it's it's a choice to put these things in the game. It's not it's like even though it is like technically kind of a boss rush game, the action is constantly interrupted by you, you have to like pause and and do these these kind of mundane tedious tasks as you described. So I don't know, it's it, I wish you could see me. I'm like throwing my hands up in the air. I'm like I don't know, like he he wanted to put it in the game, so he did. So it's like <laughs> I guess that's the moral of the story when it comes to Suda. Just he wanted to is, do man. it. Yeah. Yeah, which like regardless of whether or not you think it's like quote unquote fun game design or not, it's in there because he was like, No, we gotta put it in there. And there's something to be admired about that, I guess. I don't know. He like yeah. that's that's the thing at the end of the day, is this guy made the game he wanted to make. Um and has continued to to do that over and over again, which is pretty cool. Um, whether that leads to more of his games getting ported to Switch or not remains to be seen, because I think there are he does have a couple of genuinely brilliant games in there. Killer7, which was originally released for the GameCube, uh, is, is a brilliant game, and I would love to see that ported to Switch in, in some form or another. And it wouldn't shock me if, if Normal Heroes 3 does really well, and the Normal Heroes 1 and 2 continue to, to sell as they have. I, I I can't imagine that Nintendo wouldn't like want to throw the guy a bone and put other of his titles on the Switch. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get something as as wild as Lollipop Chainsaw, but you never know. Um, I mean, he has also commented that he wants to make a Deadpool game, so let's only hope that oh, that happens. That yeah, that would honestly that would be great. Um, yeah, I could see that. Well, it's funny. In, in No More Heroes 3, he, he makes a reference to the MCU. He, he talks about how uh, there's kind of these interstitial, like, cutscenes. They're not even cutscenes because the characters aren't animated or moving. It's just, like, two talking heads, uh, Travis and another character, just talking about, like, film and comics and, you know, kind of having, like, a, like a panel discussion. And he mentions, like, oh, man. We should we should we should take on the MCU. We should get uh, it's again a very meta 
comment to talk about the MCU in this game. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, let's put 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 uh, Suda on the Deadpool game. Why not? Get him in there. I would I would love to see that because I think he'd actually have a something to say about it. You know, he could he would have a cool take on that. I feel like. Oh yeah, the personality is fantastic. The gameplay is still fun as well. I could see I could honestly see a Deadpool game that plays similarly to No More Heroes in terms of oh, the 100%. combat. Um, just give Suda an actual budget and an actual development or, or full size development team. He could do some amazing things for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. Um, I hope you stick with the game, Campbell. I, I'm very curious to see what you think about it. Um, I would say if it gives you a lot of trouble, I don't know how you consume video games, but I would maybe, you know, if you're starting to get frustrated with the combat or whatever, like, hey, put it down to easy. It's not the end of the world if you, you know, don't get S ranking on every boss fight or something. Like, you can, <laughs> you know, you can just kind of cruise through it. Um, just because I, I, th- I think the the ideas the narrative beats in there are are just so freaking fascinating uh that i would be curious to hear your thoughts um new heroes 3 i'll let you know when i when i finish it up and maybe we can get daniel on here to talk about it uh after he publishes his review i I would be so curious to hear his his thoughts on this game because it's so freaking crazy um i think that's that's i don't know that's all i got to say about this for now uh unless you guys have any more questions about about no More Heroes three in general, or the the Sudiverse and on as a whole. I want to play these games in the future. Never you should play them. They're like again, it, it, like just. I feel like the uh, humor would be really for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. if yeah. only to if only to to broaden your like video game literacy. You know what I mean? Like, and especially mm-hmm. to be like, wow, these games were designed for a Nintendo system. Like just that alone makes them worthy of study. I think just to be like how like how did this get greenlit? Like like I can't we never even mentioned how you charge your beam sword. Like, <laughs> oh, unfortunately, God. the novelty is a little lost when you're just waggling the control stick. But thankfully, uh, okay. the Switch version has motion controls. There, I was gonna say like imagine <laughs> it on the Wii. Um, and again, fans of the series will know what I'm talking about here. But uh, the, the fact that those games came out on the Nintendo family of systems is worthy of of discussion so i don't know mark i think if you i don't know if you ever have like a spare maybe like christmas break or something you got a week off you got nothing better to do the backlog is empty they're on sale like they're certainly worth playing um i don't One know I, I would either... christmas weekend will work <laughs> yeah okay let's let's okay so four months from now we'll, we'll come back we'll circle back of to number heroes after we all after we've all three played all the games in the series i think that's a great idea um so with that, I think we'll table this discussion of No More Heroes and Suda 5-1, take a quick break, and we're going to come back to talk about an indie game that Campbell has been playing, which looks absolutely beautiful. So stay tuned, and we shall return. So, Campbell, why don't you tell us a little bit about this indie game you've been playing, the oft-delayed, but finally here, Hoa slash Hua slash, we don't know how to pronounce it because it's Vietnamese. Uh, why don't you take it away, Campbell? Absolutely. I am just so glad that this game exists, not just because it was delayed and we were wondering whether it would actually end up in our hands or not, but because it is probably the most serene platformer I've ever played and it's a perfect like stress relief 
kind of game. So Hoa is a Vietnamese word for flower. And this game is just so beautiful in the way that the game, the, the, the title encapsulates its naturalistic themes, right? So you mm. play as a little, a little human, but I think she's more of a flower bud named Hoa. And you're just wandering through this world, this, this empty natural world. You don't know what's going on. There's no explanation. And as you go through it, you encounter little woodland creatures, little beetles, little bugs or fish or animals and you you talk to them and you start to learn a little more about something that happened well before the events of the game some sort of disastrous event something about how these characters helped you recover right so you go through it there's this really sweet story about that gradually unfolds as you're exploring but what really sets the game apart is that it's an incredibly simple platformer there is no danger in it there oh, wow. is no there's no lives. You cannot get hurt. You cannot die. The only challenge is just finding out how to find a new way forward. And even the puzzles that you encounter aren't especially challenging. The platforming challenges aren't especially difficult, you know, just jumping from one platform to the other. But that's not a bad thing because it wraps all of this in this absolutely stunning presentation, aesthetically, musically, graphically, it looks like a playable Ghibli movie and sounds like one as right. well. And as it wraps all of that in there, it's not the most challenging game around. It's not the most exciting thing you'll ever play, but it is like taking a burden off your shoulders when you play it. It is so soothing to go through. It only lasts a few hours, but it is a constant progression of beautiful scenes, beautiful music, delightful little characters to me it i had a non-stop smile on my face as i was playing through it oh wow and really as i was playing it uh, there was a time where i had my breath taken away so many times throughout it the the design of each scene is really incredible and the way they pace it is so good because you have areas where it may be slow it may be where you're just wandering around on a tree branch well above the, the forest floor and then you gradually get to the top and you see the the sunbeams start to shine through the leaves and the you can see the leaves uh waving in the wind or one section that was really stunning to me is where you're underwater and you're going through a cavern it's pretty dark the only light that you have comes from anemones that you're passing through and then eventually you get to the end of the tunnel and it bursts into light and there's just jellyfish covering the whole screen, essentially. And there are these, wow. these luminescent colors are glowing in the dark and you can use them as platforms to get to another area. But there are so many little moments like that that are stunning to behold. It's, it's really just a delightful experience from start to finish. And easily, it's one of my favorite games that I've reviewed this year. If you want, if you, if you played, maybe, maybe if you play games like Nino Kuni, or you play games that have that like Studio Ghibli aesthetic and you want something more of that, it may not have a super in-depth story or deep combat systems or anything like that, but the overall experience of playing it is just so divine i can't recommend it enough that's incredible what a, what a glowing review i uh i know that you've been anticipating this game well i guess we i guess we can we all have been anticipating right. this game yeah. for a long time got delayed uh, because so many it, times yeah. it's gotten delayed for for literal years um it's been i think every time it shows up in a trailer everybody's like oh my god it, it look as campbell had had literally just said it looks like a Ghibli film. It's it looks lovingly animated, and I, I think it's kind of a. I, we don't mean it to sound trite when we say that, but it really oh, yeah. legitimately does look like that kind of dreamlike well, animation it's style. By it. It's inspired by it exactly, but I, but I feel yeah. like it's an easy they said thing it's to inspired say. Inspired by um, my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, it's an go. easy thing to say, but it's when you actually play it that it really sinks in because the first moment of the game is so brilliant it opens with just this empty ocean you see the light glistening off the waves you can see the waves kind of lapping over each other it's silence and there's a little leaf just kind of levitating or floating in the water and you see hoa your character is in that leaf and the leaf runs ashore on this barren desolate beach hoa gets up steps onto the beach and as she does so it starts to just flourish 
it blossoms there's like grass grows underneath her the music starts to swell with a uh, symphonic and piano backing with it um it is this beautiful moment and then the, t- the title card shows but then you get control and it doesn't look anything different from the beautiful cutscene you just saw and the whole yeah. game is equally stunning if not more so as you go through it it's one thing to say that the game looks like looks like studio ghibli or looks like an animation or a painting or watercolor or whatever but it's another thing to have it look just as stunning as you're playing through it i love that it kind of reminds me of and uh again i'm sure they play very differently but it kind of reminds me of uh gris or grease Mm, yeah did you play that one? I did, yeah. I can definitely see the yeah. comparisons to that because it is another really painterly puzzle platformer. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, not not as not Ghibli inspired necessarily, of but course, just kind yeah. of an, an art an artistic platformer. Yeah, I would say that Grease is more of a puzzle. Uh, the puzzles are more robust in Grease, which I guess is saying okay. something because Grease is already a pretty easy game. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the lushness of Hoa simply can't be. It can't be beaten in any other game that I can think of off the top of my head. It it wow. nails its its aesthetic, and not just the aesthetic, but the music as well. I've alluded to it a few times, but the soundtrack is so so good. Um, it really sounds like Joe Asashi, the the composer of all the Ghibli movies. It sounds like he composed it as well because it wow. has that same mix of memorable piano melodies mixing or alternating between these these bouncy tunes or these more somber backing lines which have just the perfect level of live orchestral backing to go with them whether that be strings or a lot of times woodwinds carrying the melodies along with them there are beautiful harmonies that are just serene enough to go along with um with the gameplay i know i've said serene a bunch of times as i'm talking about this game but there really is no better way to describe it it is just uh so so delightful to go through it man i, I can't wait to uh all right you sold me <laughs> i can't wait to i can't no, wait I to check it out this it, one up in the future yeah yeah it looks beautiful it, and it sounds like the like the perfect kind of game to counterbalance like obviously we've got metro dread coming up we've got right, like yeah you know a lot, a lot more like intense kind of uh maybe more action-oriented kind of games coming up, like Danganronpa is coming out, like all these really like kind of hardcore-looking <laughs> yeah. games. And it's like, well, it might be nice to just like have a nice time. You know, <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, Hoa is really proof that a, game, yeah, that a game doesn't need to be firing on all cylinders with so much action or a really deep story or nuanced character development or all these things. Replayability, dozens of hours of content, all these different talking points that you often see stacked onto press releases and product descriptions trying to sell you on games it shows that game doesn't need all of that it can just provide three or four hours of just bliss really it won't it won't challenge you a lot there was only like one or two cases where a puzzle stumped me for a bit but it wasn't difficult at all it just required me thinking about a situation differently the puzzles are really nicely paced and you know they're not difficult at all but there's a lot of satisfaction in figuring them out they they revolve around the environments um or the characters that you find in them there's one early section where you have beetles wandering around right and you have to get on top of the beetles and use them as platforms or you have to um lure the beetles to follow you so that way then you can get them into position so that we can jump on them and then reach greater heights so really simple stuff like that but there's such a constant stream of new ideas in that same vein simple little touches that keep the intrigue running high and keep like giving you those little bursts of serotonin you know of satisfaction of being like yeah i solved that oh wow look at this this beautiful scene listen to this beautiful music here's a satisfying puzzle rinse and repeat till the very end and i will say that the final segment of the game is actually like shockingly more developed than the rest of it in terms of the puzzles that you encounter it's like the last the last 30 minutes introduce some really interesting ideas and it does make it a little disappointing that the game ends right there right when the gameplay is getting so much more robust as it's introducing new ideas obviously i don't want to spoil what those are but it is really really enticing it even that it does end on a really really lovely note and it ends i think near perfectly for the kind of story that the game wants to tell even if the rest of the game doesn't maintain that same level of depth there's still so much else to love throughout it 
Awesome. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of something that Mark mentioned uh, when he reviewed... Um, oh, what's that indie game you just reviewed, Mark, with the three playable characters that you swap between? Oh, Greek. Memories of Azure. Greek. Thank you. Memories of Azure, exactly. Uh, how you mentioned that, like, oh, like right when the systems kind of start coming together, then the game ends. Um, yeah, it does, yeah. So it kind of, kind of reminds me of what Campbell just said. Um, well, this sounds like a delightful game. I can't wait to play it. Um, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. You think it'll end up on one of those, uh, you know, not not game of the year, but like, um, well, yeah, maybe, who knows? Maybe it'll wind up on a game, some, some game of the year list. Who knows? It should. I will tell you right now, it will end up on our indie games of the year. I'll, I'll awesome. use my indie games editor power to ensure that, <laughs> that it ends up in the conversation. You biased son of a... That is extremely funny. Abuse of power uh, right here. <laughs> that's it. Let's 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 wrap it up there before we uh, before we manipulate the rankings any further. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yes, thank you, Campbell, for that for that review. And uh, of course, you can check out your piece on the game over on Goomastomp.com. I think it's probably a good time to wrap up the episode here. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goomastomp. Most recently, I wrote a piece on Garden Story, uh, which was a great, a great game. And I'll have another piece up on Necro Barista, which was another game that was showcased at the Indie Direct a few weeks back. I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Mark Calnut, of course. It's Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so far on the website for this week, I have a review of Marvel What If Episode Four, which was so oh. good. So and good. then I will have coverage next week, but you'll see what that is. Intrigue. Stay tuned. And Campbell, what about yourself? You don't have to wait until next week to see my coverage. Um, you can find my written review of Hoa over on Goombastop.com, along with plenty of other written reviews of indie games. I've got a recent one of Axiom Verge 2 and Boyfriend Dungeon as well. So keep an eye out for those and look forward to other indie game and Nintendo articles in the near future. Um, and if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG. Perfect. Of course, N Express is also on YouTube. We are at N Express Nintendo on Twitter, and we're on YouTube as well, N Express Nintendo Podcast. And of course, you can download and review and star and thumbs up all the all the things on the podcast platform of your choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. All those things. So make sure you like, comment, review, subscribe, all those things. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.